0: Welcome to Activate Church Podcast, and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you, and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. Hey, we're uh, in the middle, sort of smack bang in the middle of a series which has formed the theme of our year. If you're new to church, I'll take a second just to explain to you. It's called Crossing Over. That's why we've got that big sign there. And uh, really, it's all about... Uh, crossing over from where you are right now into the promised land that God has for you. And I've discovered that everyone has a promised land. But as you and I both know, on your way to doing what God wants you to do, there can be some obstacles that pop up in the way. And so in the first week of this series, uh, we spoke about overcoming obstacles. Now, many of you may remember this, that the first obstacle that comes up when you are beginning to pursue a course of action that God has called you to is In your mind. That's right. That's right. So it's in your mind. Now, if you want to change uh, your behavior or your actions, you need to begin by first changing the way that you think. So the first obstacle is in your mind. When you overcome that, oftentimes it's still easy to be intimidated. So we need to look to who our greatest Ally is right, and last week we discovered that on your way to doing whatever it is that God's got for you, and I firmly believe in my heart of hearts that whoever you are, that God does have a plan and a purpose for you on planet Earth. Now, uh, on your way to doing that, sometimes you can think, "Boy, if I just had enough money, I could probably do that," or "If I had enough of this, or if I had a more talent, or whatever it is." but really your greatest ally is God. And if you've got him, that's all you need. You don't need to wait for the perfect alignment of everything for things to work out when you have God that's on your side. So today, I want to preach a message to you, uh, work your plow. Now, here is the uh, important thing. This is kind of like uh, an asterisk message for the series, okay? So I'm glad that you're here today. It's like an asterisk message for the series because although uh, we want to overcome what's in our minds and also in addition to that, we want to see that God is our greatest ally and I will tell you obviously that those things are very encouraging, aren't they? Amen? Those things are encouraging, right? But there are some things that we really need to think about before we set out. And if I was just to encourage you without causing you to think about what you're about to do, I feel like maybe I'd mess that up. So today, I want to speak to you today about working your plow. And let me go ahead and say this. If you've been sitting here for the last two weeks and you're saying to yourself, well, that's great, Ben. And I appreciate that you're talking about, you know, following your dreams and your visions or whatever it is. I just don't have anything right now. Well, good news for you. You are not failing. Uh, you're not messing any of this up. In fact, sometimes you just need to wait for God to reveal things to you. And I want to talk to you today about what you do while you're in delay. So while you're waiting is very important season. You need to know, learn how to navigate that season of delay that you're in. So I'm going to pray. Then we're going to get stuck straight into today. God, thank you so much for Everybody that's sitting in these seats today, I know, God, that you have a plan for them. You have a great purpose for them. And Father, I pray today that you would speak through me and that, God, we would have hearts that are open and ready to receive whatever our past experiences or our present circumstances. God, I pray that we just park those and listen to your words today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. I think God is often misunderstood. I think God is often misunderstood. Have you ever prayed, God, where are you? Have you ever prayed that kind of prayer that says, do you even know what's happening in my life right now? Are you aware of my circumstances? There are so many people that have just misunderstood God and wondered where he was while they were in the middle of circumstances and in the middle of their lives. But I've got to tell you this morning that God both cares and knows exactly what you're going through. And in fact, I said this uh, last week, at the, as I think I've said it every week for this series, God has numbered the hairs that are on your head. And some of you have got less hair than others, but what the point is that God loves you where you are right now. He knows everything that's going on in your world. But sometimes, can I be honest with you, it's like your circumstances contradict what you've been told about what God does. Hello, anybody? All right. So sometimes we read the Bible and we say, God, I, I believe that you're with me, but right now I'm feeling really lonely. God, I believe that you're my Healer, but right now I'm sick in my body. God, I read back here that somewhere that you're my provider, and yet. I feel like I'm struggling in lack right now. How many of your circumstances would contradict sometimes or seemingly contradict what you believe the Bible declares to be true about God? Now, Jesus understood this really well. And he shared many points on this. But I want to read to you this morning just out of John chapter 15. And he says this, Jesus' words, I am the true vine And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Well, well, well. Isn't that encouraging, right? I mean, if you were just listening to the words that I said, you're either getting cut or you're getting pruned. Now, here's the point. If you're the vine, what's the difference? Seriously, when you're the vine and you go, well, is this, am I just getting cut right now or am I being pruned right now? Both are painful and sometimes you're getting pruned, but you think, I, I think I'm actually getting cut. I have rose bushes at home and I am not a green thumb, okay? Okay. And so these rose bushes, they grow like crazy. And I started pruning, got sick of pruning, and I got my hedge trimmer, and I just went straight across. I made little boxes out of those things because it should be neat. And so, and so, you know how I feel about these things. And so I, I, I cut them up into little cubes. There's no flowers on it anyway, but I got sick and tired of the printing. Well, you'd be glad to know that God doesn't get sick of printing. And good news for you, he's so much better than I am at gardening, okay? And so God, he, this is where he becomes misunderstood. You ready for this? You thought your pruning was punishment. There's a little window in there where God is misunderstood. When you think that your pruning is punishment. But that doesn't make sense. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he paid the penalty for my sins and your sins By taking our punishment on the cross. Now, punishment was done with 2,000 years ago. And I want you to settle in your heart this morning that God is not out to punish you. He doesn't do punishing, all right? That's not what's going on here. No, 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 no. There is a purpose in your pruning, and it's called preparation. And we know it's from God because they all started with P. (laughs) That is a joke. (laughs) But it's still true. There is purpose in your pruning. It's called preparation. God is preparing you for things that are going to happen in your future. I remember the day that Sarah told me that we were going to have a baby. and, uh, and, And she was pregnant. Now, I went home that day. And I looked at her. She didn't look any different to me. She just looked like exactly the same before I saw her when I didn't know that she was pregnant. But something was happening. And in fact, beneath the surface, she had something in her that was growing. She had a little baby in there. Now, I couldn't see it. And to the uh, untrained eye, it's like no one could know that she actually is pregnant. And we got this app. And this app, is it sort of tracks the daily progression of babies, right? So you get it, and you look at it, and you're just amazed at how complex life is. Now, the app gave me a unique insight so that I could see what was going on beneath the surface. But if I was just to take it at, you know, her word and look at her body. There's nothing about that that indicates to me that she's pregnant with anything. And I think that people are pregnant with desires and things that are inside of them, and they're growing and they're developing. But the reality is, is that people want to have that season, that promise, that dream delivered, that crossing over into the promised land. We want it now. And Just like a baby that's growing in the womb, you've got to understand you can't have that thing early. It's not good for you. It's not good for the baby. You need to wait for the right time for God to be able to grow something that's maturing inside of you. And if you're frustrated because your crossing over season is being delayed, you are at risk of forcing this thing too early. You're just at risk. You're not necessarily going to do it, but you're at risk of that. You got to be careful making decisions in delay. Be very careful about making decisions while you're in delay because people have made mistakes out of frustration. And when people get frustrated, do you know what they often do to force something that God is not doing just yet? They make changes. They make changes in their life. Don't be disappointed about the lack of fruit that you're bearing in life if you keep uprooting yourself and looking for a greener pasture when what you're supposed to do is just stay planted where you are and let the preparation run its course so God can do with you what He wants to do with you. And if you stick it out, you may actually find that in the future you bear that fruit, but you can't just keep making changes because when people get frustrated, you know, often I think there's a tendency to start presuming what God might want to do, rather than waiting for what God wants to do. Frustration leads to presumption. And presumption is something that happens when you think you know what's going on, but you really don't. You don't know what's going on. You think you do, but you don't. So you start to make decisions based on what you think you know is true, but you don't really know what's going on. And if you do that, you're going to get what I'm calling dreamer's delusion. The dreamer's delusion. Dreamer's delusion is when you start seeing what you want to see and you start making decisions based on the changes that you want to happen in your life. But really what's happening is you're starting to project your desires onto God and you're starting to try to run ahead of God in that moment. So here's a couple of Really practical principles to help you know if you're presuming and trying to project what you really want onto God. Number one, if your dreams and your heart's desires begin to violate biblical principles, you know you've got dreamer's delusion. You've got dreamer's delusion. You know that if you're not taking the sound counsel of anyone that's in your life and you're just taking your own counsel, you had a great pep talk with yourself in the mirror in the morning about what was going to happen, you may have dreamer's delusion. When somebody in, with wisdom and insight and experience, I'm not saying you have to have everyone's approval, but if you can't find somebody that says to you in a, in a position that's in your life that understands and knows knows their way around the Word of God that says, hey, listen, you shouldn't be doing this, right? If you don't listen to that, it's possible that you've got dreamer's delusion and people have been struggling with this for a long, long time. In fact, boy, you guys are so quiet this morning. Very quiet. I know the other ones were more exciting, but this is important, hey? you got to think about it. You know, in the Bible... In the Bible, people have been struggling with this for for a long, long time. In fact, over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the children of Israel. And Israel wanted to cross over into the Promised Land. And before they crossed over, they sent 12 spies to spy out the Promised Land. And those spies discovered that there were giants in that land. The giants intimidated the spies. The spies came back and gave a bad report. And because of the faithlessness of Israel, they were delayed by 40 years. Now, after they were delayed, Moses came and he said to them, you're going to have to wait 40 years. One year for every day you spent in the promised land spying it out before you brought back that bad report. So they've been delayed by 40 years. And Moses gives this report to his people in Numbers chapter 14. It says when Moses told these words to all the people of Israel, the people mourned greatly, and they rose early in the morning and went up to the heights of the hill country, saying, "Here we are. We will go up to the place that the Lord has promised, for we have sinned." But Moses said, "Why? Are, why now are you transgressing the command of the Lord? When that will not succeed, do not go up, for the Lord is not among you, lest you be struck down before your enemies." For there are the Amalekites and the Canaanites are facing you, and you shall fall by the sword. Because you, have not turned ba- because you have turned back from following the Lord, the Lord will not be with you. But they, what did they do? They presumed to go up to the heights of the hill country, although neither the ark of the covenant of the Lord nor Moses departed out from the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in that hill country came down and defeated them and pursued them even to Hormah. God's not with them. Moses says, Don't go. But they presumed that God was with them because they were frustrated. They just heard that they had to wait forty years to get back to the place that they could have been in had they approached the situation with faith in their heart. And out of their frustration, they said, no, we want it now. No, we don't want to wait. No, we're going to take it by force. And you've got to learn this lesson early. You can't take by force what God will only give you by his grace. You can't take by force what God will only give you by his grace. The Bible says that presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Do you know what idolatry is? It's worship. And who are you worshiping? When you project your desires onto God, you're worshiping yourself. Because what you're really saying is, I want what I want to come to pass, and I'm not prepared to wait, so I'm going to project onto you what I want, and I'm going to believe that you want the same thing for me, and I'm not going to listen to anyone, and I'm not going to read the Bible and look at biblical principles. I'm going to ignore all of that just to pursue what I really want. That's why they call it idolatry. And idolatry, again, is just you're going to miss what God wants for your life. Here's what you need to realize. Um, I think this is really going to encourage someone here today. While you're waiting, God is working. Don't think that nothing is happening. Because while you are waiting, you have got to know that God is working. Sometimes, Sarah and I, we love to go out to the movies. We go on our date nights and... Uh, uh, We we see a movie that's starting, and we sort of think, can we fit in dinner before that? And whatever time the movie starts, I just know that we've got at least another half an hour. Do you know why? Because the movie trailers and the ads, they start at 8.30. The movie won't really start till 9 o'clock. And so when I'm sitting in the movie theater, we walk in late, comfortably knowing that we're just missing the trailers, And we find our seat and we sit down. And even when I've had to sit through them and wait, do you know why I'm not getting really mad and frustrated? Because I know that the trailers are what they show before the movie starts. You've got to know what's showing before the crossing over starts. You've got to be able to look at your season and say, I know that in this season, this is what's happening right now to prepare me for what's about to happen next. Don't get so frustrated with this that you try to cross over into that without actually allowing God to do what he wants to do with you. You see, if you don't handle delay properly, you can extend it. If you don't handle delay properly, you can extend it. Years ago, a friend of mine and I we decided that we would go horse riding. I am not a horse rider. I don't need to tell you that. No one, no one has ever confused me for being able. I've seen horses. I've watched the Melbourne Cup. But riding horses, not my thing. We showed up to this horse riding club. It was down at Portsea somewhere, and it sounded like a really good idea. And so we got down there to the horse riding club, and they had two classes. And one, that was the beginners. That appealed to me. The other one was for advanced riders. Now, my friend was an advanced rider. And when they said to us, will you be signing up for the beginners class today or the advanced riders, I looked at my friend, they looked at me, they turned back, they said, advanced riders. And when they said that, I knew that it was a bad idea. I just knew that this was, is was a terrible idea for me, all right? I, and I looked at them, I, I said, are you kidding me? Like, this is not going to go well. I, had all, I thought someone's going to find me in a ditch or something, you know? And, and so anyway, um, I want to be intimidated by the giants, right? The horse. So... I don't even really know how to get into a saddle. But anyway, I I mean, I climb up and I get on there, and they just kind of give a briefing like this. Well, you guys are all expert riders, so I guess you know what to do. This is where we're going. So we just skip the safety, you know, have you got a helmet? Great, let's go, right? And so then I'm sitting on the horse, and people start to move off, right? And my stupid horse won't work, right? (laughs) What a dumb horse, right? I'm like, I'm trying all the words, right? I'm like, giddy up. I'm like you know, trying to click with my mouth and, you, you know, come on, Mr. Ed, like, work with me here, right? And, and I'm, I'm like, someone get this guy a cattle prod or something, you know, I need, a, I need this thing to move, right? And it's very obvious, that I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, when you're moving and like the horse is still, it's like, you know that you're failing, okay? So I'm on the horse and then it starts to move. I guess it just followed the other horses, didn't listen to me. And we started off, and then they say, right, we're just going to break out into, and this is how you know I have no idea about horses. If you were a human, this would be called a jog. I think you would call it a trot. Is that a trot? This is the human equivalent of a jog. So we're not running, which would be a gallop, and we're not walking, which would be a walk, but what we are doing is we are jogging as horses, which I think, is that, do you call it a trot? So I'm on the horse and it starts to trot, right, and I am out of my comfort zone, right, and this thing is moving, right, and then they say, we're going to go a little bit quicker, let's pick up the pace, right, now let me explain something to you, because I don't know how to ride the horse, and I learned this later, there is a skill that you use to absorb the impact (laughs) while you're riding, I did not have that skill, okay, okay, so I kept on hitting that saddle, right? And I was f- I, like, and the only thing that I could think about was hold on, don't die. I didn't even feel the pain till later. I just kept hitting that saddle. Now, I'm so familiar with, like, saddle sore. Like, I understand what that means, right? I felt it in my butt, right? And and this is the thing. So after that, right, horrible experience. What a great day out that was, right? And so when we get there, right, I had to have some recovery time because I had a painful experience, right? Now, when you try to go ahead of God and before He opens the door for you, you could wind up having a painful experience, and many people have, and they need to recover afterwards because they didn't take the time to learn the skills in the previous season and carry those into the next season. And what you don't want is a whole bunch of Christian people recovering when they should be pursuing God's call. Yeah. There are some skills that you learn in delay that you are meant to carry over into the next season of your life. There's always a reason for delay. Always. Before Moses led Israel, he had to undergo some changes himself. In fact, when he was a, living in Egypt as a prince, He saw a situation. We're going to read it out of Exodus chapter 2, verse 11 to 15. It says, One day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. And he said to the man in the wrong, Why do you strike your companion?' And he answered, who made you a prince and judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, surely the thing is known. When uh, when Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian. Moses had the right heart. He saw people being oppressed. He wanted to do something about it, but he just acted immaturely. Moses had the right heart, but what had not developed in him was the competency and the character. And so he moves ahead. Now, God was preparing to free Israel, and yet Moses puts himself in a position where he tried to do it without God's help. What happens? It backfires. He ends up going out onto the backside of nowhere in the land of Midian, where there is just nothing around. He's been a prince in Egypt. He's been in the palace, you know, and now he's out somewhere learning new skills as a, as a shepherd. I mean, that, I mean, that is a hard pruning season to go through. I know about pruning seasons. I've had them myself. I mean, I can understand delay like anyone else. You know, I remember years ago, I was trying to get out of the job that I was in that I did not like, and I was applying for so many jobs And I kept on getting rejected from these jobs I thought I should get. And it got worse because I kept pinning all my hopes on the next thing. And when that fell through, I just couldn't understand it. And I came to God and I said, "'God, what are you doing? You know, where are you? Do you know? Are you aware?' And as I'm saying this, he said, yeah, but I'm not ready for you to leave the present job that you're in because you haven't learned what you need to learn yet. You haven't done what you need to do. I thought, well, I better figure that thing out really quickly or I may stay here for some time. See, even though I was devastated, God knew what needed to be developed in me for my future. I didn't know, but God knew. You've got to know. You've got to know. When I say no, I'm not talking about head knowledge. I'm talking about having a settled conviction in your heart. So this is not up for grabs. And when things aren't going right, you're not questioning him. You've got to have a settled assurance in your heart that God is sovereign That he is over your life, even when you feel like he's being absent, that he knows exactly where you're at. And if you're confused about your pruning season, I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever said, God, have me, use me, mold me, shape me. Oh, are you crazy? Do you know the words that are coming out of your mouth? When you say, have me, mold me, shape me, do you know what he says? Okay. Well, then I'm going to do it. And he does. And he starts to prune. And it's painful. But he's shaping you. He's doing exactly what you asked. He's shaping you. He's molding you. He's setting you up for your future. You know, Moses, in his life, he had to go through all these experiences to be set up for his future. He lived 120 years. You can divide it into three lots of 40. 40 years in the palace, 40 years in the wilderness. He wasn't even the boss. He was an employee. He was working as a shepherd for his father-in-law. you got to know that all the experiences that you accumulate in delay are building up towards something in your future. They were all there for a particular reason. How about this? Here's an interesting fact. Moses was 80 years old when he started to lead the children of Israel. 80! You want to talk about delay? 80! My point is this. No matter how far you think you need to wait, God, you've missed the boat. You've missed my timing. God, you've messed it up. It's not too late when God has a plan for you. He's just cultivating what he needs to in you so he can do something with you in the next season. And he cultivated that in Moses for 40 years. Israel had waited 400 years for the promised land, but they were delayed 40. Do you know why they were delayed? One word, disobedience. They were delayed for disobedience. If you want out of where you are right now, you got to learn a couple of things. you got to know that nothing delays dreams like disobedience. Nothing delays dreams like disobedience. If you haven't learned it, he's not letting you out just yet. You need to know this because it's so easy to try to force God's hand and move on. No, 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 no. What you need to do is go back to the last thing that God told you to do and do that really well and do that diligently and when you can show him that you can do what he said he may then go ahead and graduate you and promote you to the next thing that he's got for you. I think God is just waiting to see if you can handle the small things that he gives you before he lets you on to bigger things. In fact, this is a principle that we continually see throughout the Bible. Jesus tells the story of three stewards that manage a sum of money that he gives them to him. It's called the parable of the talents. And to the first steward, he gives him five talents, to the next he gives two, and to the next he gives one. The first two guys learn to multiply what they have, and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. He gets to the last guy and says, what did you do with what I gave to you? And he says, well, I knew that you were a harsh man reaping where you didn't sow, so I was afraid of you, and I took what you gave me, and I buried it in the backyard, and here, this is yours, And he says to him, are you kidding me? Did you not do anything with what I gave to you? You could have at least invested it. You could have got a little bit of interest off it. You didn't learn to manage what you had. So he took from the guy that had one and gave it to the guy that had five because at least the guy that had five learned to manage the smaller things and he could be promoted onto bigger things. God is looking to see that you can manage the smaller things in your life. You need to be responsible with what's placed in your hand Now, because future opportunities come from past obedience. Future opportunities come from past obedience. And so often you can see people that you think are ahead of you, and you say, wow, I wonder what accelerated their growth. Wow, I wonder how they got to be there. There must have been this catalyst moment in in their life where God just propelled them forwards into the good things of God. No, 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 no. This is not how God works. If you want to learn how to work with God, he says, manage the small things. You know what the small things are? Your character when no one is looking at you, when you can get away with it, do you? Are you asking God to prosper your business, but you're cheating your taxes? Are you asking God to prosper your business, but actually what's going on is you're not paying your bills when you've got the money to do so? Are you able to manage the small things that God has got for you? Because if you don't manage the small things, He's not going to go ahead and promote you and give you the bigger things. It's a life of obedience. And it adds up, and it builds up. Cornelius was a guy with that. Cornelius, he's at at Acts chapter ten. Cornelius was a guy. He said, "Your what do you say? Your prayers and your arms have ascended as a memorial before the Lord." They build up. They build up. Future opportunities come from past obedience. Stop looking at your present season like punishment. See it for what it is. It's preparation. It's preparation. You're being prepared for something. God's getting you ready for something. You feel like it's delay, it's preparation. You think it's punishment, it's preparation. He's getting you ready for what's happening next. Do you know why? Because life is unforgiving. And unlike school these days, they don't give out, life doesn't give out eighth place trophies. It doesn't. It's the school of hard knocks. So God is going to get you ready for what's really waiting you, for every giant that's really awaiting you in your promised land so that by the time you get there, you're ready to deal with it. Be obedient. Don't try to get out of your season too early or you won't learn what God wants you to learn. And He can't promote you to where He wants to take you. Moses was shepherding, just shepherding, 40 years in the desert. I wonder if he thought that his life was being delayed. He probably just thought this was it, but he was shepherding. He was doing what he was supposed to do. And then a burning bush happens right next to him and he goes over and inspects what it is. And God says, right, you've spent this first 80 years of your life learning, growing, developing. Now I'm sending you now, all of that, that's preparation for what's about to happen next. Now I'm sending you. Hey, but God, I'm, I'm unprepared for this. I don't know what I'm going to. I can't handle this. I can't do it. Moses, what's in your hand? This, oh, this is just for shepherding. I've just been using this for the last 40 years. Take what's in your hand. Use what's in your hand. I've been training you for 40 years. Use what's in your hand right now. Matthew, he was just a tax collector and he was sitting in his booth, just doing his job, doing the best job that he could, when Jesus came and found him and called him to come and follow him and make fishes of men. E- e- Elisha, Elisha, what was he doing? He was working his plow. There he was, day by day, just doing the best he could with what was directly in front of him. He's got 12 oxen, he's pushing a plow, looking up the dark side of an ox, Imagine looking at that for a long time. That's not encouraging. And there he is, just walking behind oxen, just working his plow, working his plow, doing the best with what was in front of him. Elijah comes along, sees him, throws his cloak on him, transforms him in a moment, but there was a whole life of commitment up to that point. You've got to learn to manage the season of life that you're in so God can take you to the next one. If you're struggling to see purpose in what you're doing, perhaps you need to change your thinking and remember who you're doing it for. The Bible says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. You gotta remember that when you're working, you're working for Him. He sees everything that you do, He sees the effort he sees, the energy he sees, the hard work he sees, the obedience, and it's building up. You can't see it. It's like that baby; you can't see it. I wish we had an app for this. Wouldn't that be good? You could just check in spiritually. Yeah, my my account is full, you know. But we don't have that because we walk by faith and not by sight. And you've got to know that it's just something is building in the spirit realm. You're being obedient. You're doing the best with what God's given you. And there's going to come a point in your future where he's going to come it's going to look like a moment to everyone else but no one's an overnight success it's the years of hard work and constant obedience that builds up to your future if you listen if your job is scrubbing toilets awesome do it the best that you can make them sparkle imagine jesus was coming next you know i mean you, you do the best that you can with what's in front of you. If you're trading stocks and you're, you're wealthy and you're rich, great. Do you know there's a purpose for that? God's going to come and take what you've learned in that season and leverage it in the next season if you learn what you're supposed to and give your heart and dedicate it to Him. If you're somewhere and your job, you're just flipping burgers, you're just in McDonald's, right? You cook the best cheeseburger ever, <laughs> And when the patty falls on the ground, you don't serve it to people. You're better than that. You're better than that. Do the best that you can with what's in front of you. It, does, see, it doesn't matter what it is. Stop looking at everyone else and seeing where they are and wishing you were there. That's the comparison trap. No one wins in the comparison trap. Get your eyes off what other people are doing. Get your eyes onto what God has given you and do your absolute best with what God has given to you. And when you live a life of obedience, he sees that. And he says, I can do something with this guy. I can take this guy somewhere. Because I know that as promotion comes, this guy's not getting prideful. He's not going to get arrogant because I've seen him work tirelessly. I've seen her work tirelessly day and night. They're trustworthy. God just wants to figure out if he can trust you with what he wants to give you. Won't we stand together?